this morning. I was pretty fired the up. Volume's picking up a little bit. This is what you've done. This is where you can grow. I thought today he had a really good day. He's making better decisions and better throws. I'm excited about the guys that are here. Hey, I thought he spun the ball well. There's a really good vibe right now, and, and it's uh, it's fun. It's hope, it's hope, Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Ready? I would be honored if you played football for this team. The football gods are always on the bear's shoulder. Go Bears! Boy, that escalated quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's The Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in. We are on to week three, on to Cleveland, the one and one Chicago Bears. Hogan Johns with you with your midweek episode and some fun things planned today as well. What's up, Johnsy? What's going on? It's the officially the start of the Dusty Field era? No, not yet. No, feels not like yet. it. it. Sure feels, feels like, like it, right? Like I, I like whispered that a little bit because yeah. we're not quite there, but that's why it's a fun week, Adam. Um, some things to get to. Kind of a weird moment at House Hall yesterday. Um, the Andy Dalton injury. We have a uh, we have your voicemails coming up. We have a fun interview with a special loyal listener of our podcast who was involved in the game on Sunday. Uh, that's a fun story. And Kevin Fishbane, Fishman, all on the podcast today. So it's a fun one. We'll jump right in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read us at NBCSportsChicago.com. At least you can read me there. Uh, we got our 10 Bears things up. We'll have a film review up later today. A couple things sprinkled in as well. NBCSportsChicago.com. And then, of course, Johnsy and the Fishman on The Athletic. TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. Please do support the podcast. Support those guys' work. It's uh, great stuff, and you get content from... Pretty much any sport, any team you want to read about, it's all there for you. It's not just bear stuff. So really, there's no excuse not to be subscribed to The Athletic at this point. Our YouTube channel, go find it. It's Hogan Johns on YouTube. You should be subscribed. This is a good one to watch if you uh, want to. And we'll get to some of that later and why it's a good one to watch. But uh, there's something you're probably going to want to see if you're on the YouTube channel. And uh, hit that notification button as well to get the notifications from us when we go live, which we're still planning on doing. We're working through all that kind of stuff here in 2021. Uh, what else? we got t-shirts. Obviousshirts.com. You should find those. All right. Let's dive right in. Couple things at House Hall yesterday. The quarterback situation. Andy Dalton's injury uh, per... Ian Rappaport at the NFL Network. This is a bone bruise. That's what the MRI showed. Don't know if there's any other damage involved, um, but there's not a torn ACL per Matt Nagy. But this uh, came from Ian Rappaport, and it's a bone bruise. So I think people hear that and I'm like, oh, he could come back. I don't think yeah. it's that that case. He's looking at a couple weeks here at least. Yes. Um. Jeb you read what I wrote about this yesterday, Johns? It's okay if you did. No, I did not. Okay. So you do remember when I hurt myself playing basketball oh, a couple yeah, years ago? I, that I read, yes. yes. I mean, this is my exact injury, essentially, what Andy Dalton has. So it's like the only time in the history of covering this team where I can actually relate to an injury. Um, so all I can do is relay what I know about it because I went through this. But I was playing basketball in April of 2019, 
And I went up for a rebound where I was going to basically catch, gather, go right back up for a wide open layup. And when I came down to spring back up, my leg just gave out. And everyone on the court thought that I had blown out my knee because apparently it bent in a way that it shouldn't have, which honestly, compared to what we saw from Andy Dalton's injury Sunday, that one didn't seem that bad. No. So it's certainly possible that mine was worse. But anyway, what ended up happening, and I went to the doctor thinking, I'm having an MRI. My ligaments are all torn, blah, blah, blah. Turned out my ligaments were fine because essentially what happens is the muscles in your leg do their job and they absorb the blow to the point that they keep the trauma off your ligaments and the ligaments don't tear. But that does not necessarily stop your bones in your leg. Was it the uh, femur and the tibia, right? Yeah, the there you make, go. Look at you. So if you're watching on YouTube, that does not stop them from going like this. Bang. And let me tell you, it hurts. It is by far the most pain that I have felt in my life, not just in the moment, but basically for two to three days, it was constant pain. Like it, you could be laying in bed doing nothing, not moving, and it hurts really, really bad. Then that pain subsides, and it only really hurts when you're walking on it or making sudden movements, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, a couple differences here. First of all, my timeline. I couldn't even get try to get back on the basketball court for three weeks. Okay, so there's that. I went out there after three weeks, realized I really couldn't do anything, and I ended up missing three months. All right, now a few differences. I also had a tear in a muscle. Um, behind my leg. So don't know if Andy Dalton has that or not, but I actually still feel that to this day a little bit. So um, there was, there was, even though the ligaments were fine, there was some extra damage. I am not an NFL player by any means, okay? So Andy Dalton can definitely come back from this faster than I did, depending on how bad it is. And I did not have access to all the things that NFL players have in terms of treatment and recovery and all that great stuff that they have at House Hall. So and by no means am I trying to say that my injury is the same as Andy Dalton's, but it is in terms of but the, you just pain, did. <laughs> the pain and the recovery. Well, okay. it's fair to a point, right? Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that this is not a... I would be shocked if he could play Sunday. Mainly because of the pain and just the movement that it still takes out of you. And by the way, this has been backed up by Pro Football Doc, a bunch of other doctors that, that offer their analysis on various platforms. Uh, you just The point is, bone bruises sounds, sounds like it's not that big of a deal, but you don't come back from it in a few days. It, you just don't. Well, I think some people... Like, he could have played in an emergency. At least that's how the Bears put it. But he still wasn't healthy enough to, to play the way he wanted. You saw him limping on the sideline. You saw him testing it out. And then it just it wasn't enough. It was too painful. He couldn't get his movements right. So I think he's going to be limited. And let's be honest. Yeah, he is an NFL player, but he's one. He's not a young NFL player right. anymore. He, he needs to have some mobility left. He, he's not the, the same player that was drafted by the Bengals 10 or 11 years ago. It's just a different point of his career. So we'll see how he recovers. That's part of it. And, you know, it, it is kind of an injury that opens up the door for Justin Fields. But as Matt Nagy would say, this is where they are. So what did you make then of Nagy being asked directly multiple times, both Sunday and Monday, if Andy Dalton is healthy, is he your starter? Avoiding the question... Yesterday saying that that scheme, which by the way, I understood because 
with most positions, when you have a guy who's hurt and maybe questionable for the upcoming game, you don't give answers. I mean, that wasn't out of the norm for me in any means. But then, kind of bizarre, ten, five, ten minutes after the press conference, a Bears representative comes down to the media room and clarifies that Matt Nagy misunderstood the question and he wants to make it clear that if healthy, Andy Dalton is the starter. <sighs> I don't get the outrage that's out there over this. I really don't because this is coach gamemanship in the NFL. Is it not? Is that just not part of what's going on here? Um, Absolutely. Matt Nagy understood the question. He repeated Twice. the question, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, to himself before he yes, answered it. He, he, I think what you have going on here is that the door has been clearly open for Justin Fields to be the bear starting quarterback. Like once you I once we said this on our podcast after the game, once you go down this road of him playing with the starters, you just can't take the ball away from your your future. You just gotta keep going with it, right? What what's the point in, in stopping the process at that point if Andy Dalton's not practicing? But at the same time, they like Andy Dalton. He's a nice guy. They've been consistent in their praise for Andy Dalton. You know if it is what it is. I, I I don't get the outrage. I get maybe some of the confusion, but look, the ball is in Justin Fields' hand right now. Like he is the Bears' starting quarterback, uh, unless Andy Dalton is surprisingly okay to play. But this is Fields' offense right now, right? Like that's how I feel. Well, I I don't. I I think any outrage over it is just that people don't want to hear Andy Dalton and starter in the same sentence anymore. So I think that's pretty much all it is. It, it, I, I, for me, I was more just confused, and like I think that even in the room there was some of that from us. Like, how do we handle this? This is this is a little weird. Um, but here's what my guess is: after kind of thinking about this for a while, it's the only logical thing I can come up with. That because I, I thought the confusion factor, the gamesmanship was already out there with the way that Nagy answered it in the press conference. And like I just said, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, yeah, leave, leave the Browns wondering who's... They got to prepare for both. Like, that was already established before he came back and said Dalton's a starter. So the only, only reason I could think of that they maybe did that was if Fields struggles, because I think they know Fields is playing this week. If for some reason he struggles to the point where it looks like he shouldn't be out there, Dalton gets healthy, now you can say, well, Dalton was always a starter and we're just going back to our plan. And it's and it makes the blow. It doesn't look then like Fields got Then you could be benched. outraged, everybody, if that happens. Okay? Because he's supposed to struggle. Getting through those struggles is part of this, is it not? To a point, yeah. I mean, you don't want him looking like Zach Wilson, though, against the Patriots and throwing four interceptions. That's well, I, that's a different that's, level that, of struggle. That's fine. That's fine. Well, that's on the coaching there, right? Like, look at that game. Who is the quarterback on the other side? Mac Jones. Like yep. it. Patriots had a better plan. I will say this. I put this in my five takeaways column. I do believe the Bears are better built to handle Justin Fields' struggles as opposed to what the Jaguars are and definitely what the Jets are. They're just a better team. But I don't know. Like he's supposed to look, look at Joe Burrow. I mean, he struggled in, in in his week two game against against the Bears. Like eventually, you got to work these things out with the younger quarterbacks, right? You yeah. Gotta let them play. You gotta let them play through it sometimes. How much do you think it was just 
the optics for Andy Dalton. I mean, he's no, got. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's it's a little bit of that protecting Andy. Making you know, I, but but the, it, to me, it almost makes it worse. Then, if you're saying now he is a starter, if he gets healthy, now he gets healthy, and then he's not starting because he lost his job because Fields oh, come out. Yeah, but we know how this works. You know what to say. You know, yeah. I don't know. Messages change, plans change, circumstances change. I just think it would be such. Say Justin Fields starts three games. And, like, that third game is a tough one, right? And Andy Dalton now is finally healthy in that fourth week. Like, you got to give the kid a chance to rebound from his struggles. Do you not? Like, isn't that part of the, the learning curve here? The learning moments that they keep bringing up? Yeah. Well, I think one way to think about the question is, if Dalton was able to play this week, who do you think that they would be starting? I don't know. Can I say something too? Like, <laughs> I think we're all a bit guilty of overrating what Andy Dalton did against the Bengals too. Um, well, in what way? I mean, you could say it was a good drive. It was. I'm not saying yeah. he deserves. How to many stay- times have we seen Mitch Trubisky score in the first drive there, where he looks sharp and you know all the stuff is scripted out? Yeah, I'm, I'm with We've you. We've been down this road before, you know. Like, there's certain limitations here. I mean, by by the end of it, like Andy Dalton was scrambling. Like that's how he got hurt. He had two big scrambles. Like that's what we were getting down to in that game. It wasn't like he was blowing the Bengals out of the water here. You know, like let's not overrate. Let's not overrate what Justin Fields did, or let's not overrate what Andy Dalton did in that game either. No, I don't I don't think it yeah, I I, I are there I'm people old doing enough that? To, what what's what's the I think so. Okay. Like, I'm old enough to remember, you know, when the scripted success of Mitch Trubisky was a notable storyline. Well, and that's the thing. I almost want to see the scripted. See, I want to see what's scripted for Justin Fields this week yes. in Cleveland. Yes, a full game plan. You know, and I'm looking, I, I I'm looking think, through the game book on something. Here. I, I, I think some of that is is understandable with Justin being. And Nagy even said that yesterday. Like, there's a difference between getting thrown in the middle of the game. And having to adjust on the fly, and then getting a whole week of practice to, um, and let's not forget. So the Bears on that scoring drive, they have third and twelve from the Bengals forty-eight. Andy Dalton incomplete deep pass left to Marquise Goodwin. Eli Apple, former first-round bust of the Giants, right? Because that's yes. the Leonard Floyd story. Yes, defensive pass interference, thirty-two yard penalty. Yeah, that and kept that- their first drive alive. And sometimes you can give the quarterback credit for throwing a ball there that you know was a good pass that cr- helped create the pi. That ball went landed. That no no. Let me finish. That ball landed out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. So, so I let's don't, not overrate what Andy Dalton did in week one. And, and again, he was good, but like I'm throwing my game sheets around now. All right, <sighs> sorry. I don't know what you're so flustered about. I was just <laughs> asking questions. Justin Fields is going to play this week. I know. <laughs> So we'll I know s- we'll s- it is a tough test for him getting thrown in against. Maybe the- I'm just crabby this morning. Yeah, I guess so. I'll man. drink my coffee. Jesus, crabby Johns. All right. Um. Well, let's let's take the crabbiness out of the podcast. We should have some fun voicemails from Sunday from our our loyal listeners and callers that call in. Um. Someone tweeted at me in the middle of the game. Do you guys get significantly less calls when the Bears win versus when they lose <laughs> and everything sucks? And I think the answer is probably yes. Um, either way, we get plenty, so we thank you for that. But, yeah, there's probably more that trickle in when people are angry and want to call. Uh, but, anyway, this is a win. Justin Fields played, 
And uh, here are your voicemails from Sunday. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hey, hey, Hoggy Cat, John the Bear, Kenneth Geronimus, Bob Dabrowski is calling in here from Soldier's Field. We're home. We're back. We're back, ready to roll, baby. I just saw the Bears score a touchdown on the opening drive just like I knew they would, just like everybody in the city knew that this offense would come out on fire, throwing darts, throwing BBs. Doing a little uh, stupid reverse thing with Damian Williams that didn't do anything but lose five yards, but they scored a touchdown just like we knew they would. Now we got to take care of Joey Gould back there, and guess what? He's going to meet Mr. Hicks and a Mr. Mack, and this is going to be a fair stuff. And Andy Dalton's really taking advantage of his last start, and I love it. Let's go Bears and Bear Down. Holy crap, Robert Quinn did something. Hey, fellas, hey, I just need to know, where do I go sign up for this uh, nickel position? I, I'm tired of looking at Shelly and uh, his boy uh, Christian playing this position. Where do I go sign up? This is freaking ridiculous. Mac with the sack! Robert Quinn, you piece of shit. You suck. Man, when I say that man, David Montgomery is like a train, he's like a damn train. Listen, I'm sitting here watching this Bears game. Anybody else realize that the energy changed from uh, when Justin Fields hops in this game, huh? The whole team just looks and hits different. Eddie Jackson game, baby. F***ing go. Yo, Quad, motherfucker! Man, Roquan Smith woke up this morning and said, All my dogs gonna eat. There's the huge takeaway pick six. Take that, Joe Burrow. See ya. Angry Arizona fan here. Pay Roquan Smith his money. Jalen Johnson, thank you for the interception. But still fire Nagy. Thank you. Thank you. Bears, baby. Bear down. You know, this defense, Justin Fields comes in. Defense gets a little bit. Let's go. Like I was saying. Man, we're watching this game right now, and I'm just stoked to see this defense step up, considering last Sunday that was a mess. Let's f***ing bear down. Hey, it's Jay from Connecticut. It's about time. Bear down. Hey, okay, Johns. You know, I listen to you guys every week. Um, you guys been talking about the defense and scared about the defense. But how about the defense? I am fairly confident Eddie Jackson is a double agent. He's getting paid from somebody to, to work against our team. Dude's got to go. Well, Justin Fields is everything he, we thought he was. Now we just need to get some receivers that can catch the ball. Guys, guys, i got to be completely honest. Can we please fire Matt Nagy? I am sick and tired of this ball's calling just the wrong plays at all the wrong f***ing times. You have a rookie quarterback with less than four minutes in the fourth effing quarter. And you have David Montgomery in the backfield. So what do you do? You should give it to your f***ing running back. 
kill the class and put the ball away. Why do you give it to Justin Fields to throw a f- interception? <sighs> can we? I'm sorry. Can, can we please fire Nagy? He's going to ruin Justin Fields. How dare Matt Nagy think he knows what he's doing? Spending all this time talking about how Fields is not ready when we, the fans, and everyone in Chicago and all the national media know he is clearly wrong. And then Fields got in and looked like he was completely unprepared. Hmm, maybe we should just chill ourselves a little bit and let this develop at a natural pace and not act like we all are football experts because clearly nobody knows anything about what's going on. But we got the win, so bear down. The Bears' defense is back. Roquan Smith is the most underrated player in the league. Period. End of story. Never mind the fact that Andy Dalton's hair looks so much better when he's on the sideline without his helmet on. That orange just accents the uniform too good. Bear down. Defense wins championships, baby. The Bears are back. Justin Fields will get better, but, you know, it's fine. Bear down. Hey, Bears fans. B-Man here. There's no question who's starting week three. Justin Fields, baby. Bear down! There you go. Well done. Awesome job. We appreciate the calls, as always. And we have one more call. Because there was another one of our loyal listeners who actually got involved in the game Sunday. And we need to bring him into the podcast right now. All right, well, we got a special guest with us this week. He's a loyal listener of the podcast, so we had to get him on. His name is Courtney Fong. He is the guy that got the ball from Roquan Smith on the pick six on Sunday at Soldier Field. If you're watching on the the broadcast, Courtney, I saw you. They had a good shot of you catching the football or celebrating with the football after he gave it to you. Nice seats in the first row, by the way. Uh, yeah, great. It was a, a special experience. Uh, it was a, a friend of mine, and uh, he uh, just got married, so I wanted to do something special for him. So, so we got those front row seats. Very cool. Uh, well, for those of our listeners or viewers watching on YouTube, I, I know you got the ball there. Can you hold it up and show it to us? Uh, obviously, those listening on the podcast can't see it, but there it is. If you're watching on YouTube, the football that Roquan get. Now, I know you're trying to get it back to him, so we'll get we'll get to that in a second. But first of all, take us through the play. You see Roquan Smith running at you, and all of a sudden, he just flips you the ball, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, being on the end zone there, you can see everything coming right at you, right? So, uh, you know, he makes the pick and he's coming down the sideline and you just know it's coming, it's coming. He barrels down a couple of Bengals, maybe even Joe Burrow at the end there and (laughs) crosses the goal line and you know it's done. He's, you know, he's got all the energy. We lock eyes and he sees me and he, you know, like you said, in in the exchange, the excitement of the moment, he tossed it to me. And, uh, you know, I was down there reaching over and it's not like I didn't want the ball. So uh, it was really cool when he gave it to me and, uh, you know, they went off to celebrate and uh, just just some euphoria there of, of, of just receiving it that way. I was going to say, what's the celebration like in the stands? Because that doesn't happen often. Like sometimes guys kick the ball into the stands. They, they got to give it back and whatnot. We saw that at SoFi Stadium. But here you are handed a souvenir by the actual player who scores the touchdown. What was the euphoria and the celebration like amongst fans right there with you. 
Well, I mean, it was kind of a slow start to the game. So, one, we were all super excited that they actually scored again and by our defense, which, you know, we haven't seen in some time. So that was really neat. And then, you know, a lot of high fives, people wanting to touch the ball. And uh, it, it, it was really neat experience to share with all of us again because, you know, we haven't had fans together in, in so long. So that was just another cool thing. So in the postgame press conference, uh, we we talked to Roquan Smith and he he kind of mentions, yeah, you know, I, I kind of regret throwing the ball up in the stand, just sort of did it in the moment. Um, but he said he wasn't going to try to get it back from you. He, he just, because he, he fit, he, really nice thing he said. He said, I probably made that fan's day, uh, maybe a little bit more than a day, Courtney. I think he said his year. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So <laughs> where were you, I guess, when you heard that Roquan said that? What was your reaction? Well, me and my buddy were driving home and we live in the north suburbs. So it took us a while to get out of the parking lot and all that stuff. So I didn't look at my phone until, you know, an hour and a half or so later. And, you know, there's just messages and texts of all, all the things. And uh, that's when I said, hey, he talked about, you know, you're, you the, you were the fan that he talked about in the presser. So then I went on the app and I and I, I, I watched it and I knew right away I had to give it back because uh, that was special. He, he kind of regretted it. He was trying to be gracious. He was gracious for it. And, uh, you know, at that moment, I knew just trying to figure out, OK, what to do next. Now it's 915 on Tuesday morning. Have you heard back from the Bears yet? Uh, have, have they have they reached out you uh, reached out to you? Have they tracked you down? Uh, I have been tracked down. So breaking <laughs> news, I will be heading to, to Alice Hall to uh, return the football. So you got the scoop. Oh, nice. So uh, is, is that happening today? When's that happening? I'm sure Roquan's probably going to greet you or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it is going to happen today. I'm probably going to try and head over there during lunchtime. Uh, you know, with the NFL now and, and things going on, there's a lot of COVID protocols, they said. So he's, he's not going to actually be able to meet with me in person because of that, which I totally understand. I don't want to get them sick in case something happens, right? <laughs> Even though I'm vaccinated. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, they did say that they would, they would make it up for me once the, these protocols are over. And uh, we'll figure out something then. So I just trust them to do it. I mean, they know where to find me. I'm a season ticket holder. Uh, my seats are in a different spot, but, uh, you know, they can find me. Well, they listen to this podcast, too. So I'm sure they'll have something nice for you. You know, as soon as uh, you, you show up to Alice Hall. And have you been to Alice Hall before? You know, I haven't. I haven't. I was hoping to go to uh, training camp this this uh, this year, but I didn't. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's not about whatever stuff it is. It's just about, hey, this is. That's a major accomplishment in anyone's life, right? If someone had one of my trophies somewhere, I would hope that, you know, we'd be able to share it too. So I'm just happy to, to help to help him out. And, you know, I've said this before that, you know, give it to him until Canton wants it, right? Because, I mean, he's his career trajectory go. is, I mean, we're, we're looking. He's going to be one of our, our linebackers, hopefully, for a very long, long time. Yeah, it's certainly looking that way. And that was an outstanding play that he made. Really, honestly, I mean, two great people, both what he said after the game and, and you – wanting to get the ball back to him. So good for you, Courtney. It's a great story. Um, you, obviously, you know, these are the fans we love to talk to with this podcast. So we thank you for being a loyal listener to how long have you, how long have you been listening to the podcast? Oh, I mean, as long as I subscribe to the athletic, right? So that's the big thing. I wanted to subscribe and support you guys. And I know it's been hard, especially during pandemic times. Want to make sure all, all of you are supported. And those are things. That's the content that I've been missing. And I uh, really appreciate uh, all, all the all the effort that you put in asking those hard questions in, in the in the press conferences and hopefully getting some some good answers. Well, well thank you, Courtney. You're, you're far too kind. I wanted to go back to what you said about being in Soldier Field again with with all the fans. Yeah. Like, what was it like? Walking into the stadium, being in the stadium, obviously you have the Roquan Smith experience, but just to be at a NFL game with 
Bears fans again. What was the entire day like? Even the yeah, tailgating I mean, process. Yeah. Well, getting back into the, you know, you realize, you know, what a mess parking is, number one. <laughs> and then as you, as you walk in, you know, this is the most people I've been around, uh, you know, in months, years, right? Since since we started this thing. So um, we're there and you find your seats and you sit down. It's surreal. And then, you know, the national anthem, we're all there. They gave out towels, the rally towels. And you just get that the welling in your heart that, oh, my gosh, this is a real thing. This is happening. You know, maybe we're not past all the things we need to get past as, as, a, as a world, but, you know, we're getting closer. And this is one of those signs that we're doing it. So having that experience and being able to, to cheer our, you know, our beloved players on uh, to do that together was a really neat thing. It, it sure beats, you know, the, the TV. Uh, ask me again when it's negative 20 out, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it was great to be there to see all the people, to see the excitement, right? And, and all of those things go that go with it, uh, you know, it's, it's unmatched. And uh, those that have never been to Soldier Field, uh, it's a, one of the best experiences you can have. And you got to see Justin Fields. You got to see the Bears win. Get the ball from Roquan Smith. What a day for you. Uh, really cool experience. And uh, you're a hardworking fan. So we got to let you get back to work too here. That's right. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Courtney Fong. Uh, thanks so much for being a loyal listener. We appreciate it. Awesome story. And uh, enjoy going to Hallis Hall and giving that ball back to Roquan. Thank you. Thank you. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Adam, I just want to say it's like really, really cool that he's given the ball back because he doesn't have to do that. By no means does he have to do that, but I think you have a very loyal Bears fan respecting the player who made the play. Like, he cheers for Roquan Smith. So, as you make Roquan Smith be happy. I don't think fans have a lot of opportunities to do that sometimes. So, I think it's, it's an extremely cool gesture by Courtney. Yeah, well done. I mean, both sides. The fact that, that Roquan was fine letting the fan keep the ball. Um, 
you know, these players, they, they, they can keep tons of footballs. I think Gronk was on Monday Night Football last night talking about this when Peyton Manning was like, what would you do after that touchdown? He's like, I got touchdowns. I don't need that ball. You know, but a pick six, first touchdown they scored since high school yeah. for Roquan Smith, it's a little bit different. And well, uh, Gronk's you, got like well, how many touchdowns? Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit different. Defensive players, yeah. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, it clearly, Courtney is, um, he's fine with it. and The Bears are going to take care of him. So it's cool that he's going to be at House Hall today as well. And um, just a good good way to tie that story together um, w- with Courtney Fong. Uh, all right. Well, we need to get Kevin Fishbane in the conversation as well here as uh, we continue on and talk about this quarterback stuff, talk about this defense stuff and also, uh, start previewing the, the Cleveland Browns. All right, Kevin Fishbane at K Fishbane on Twitter. We were talking about the quarterback stuff earlier, which seems a little silly. It seems like Justin Fields is going to be starting this week anyway. But uh, did you have any uh, thoughts on uh, how that all unfolded, unfolded Monday at House Hall? Yeah, clarification Monday. Clarification at, uh, Monday. At House Hall. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I told Johnsy yesterday, I, I didn't, I didn't make too much of the whole hubbub, you know, Matt didn't want to tell us who was starting Sunday. He knows. I get it. I mean, it's like a lot of this gamesmanship stuff to me is silly, but I kind of get it with quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, let's, let's put it this way. I understand him wanting to be a little, not wanting to talk about it with quarterback way more than when they won't tell us who's starting at the nickel corner position. Um, so, I mean, you know what? I, I, I listen. There's a lot of respect in that building for Andy Dalton, and I think to you know it, it's possible, and in the most literal sense, he really wanted to wait until the MRI came back before he said anything. So, possible, but it's Justin Fields. Turn Look at me being not- the one. I'm giving the Bears <laughs> too much credit. You are. I've, I what, what's what's going on with me this morning? Oof. But I don't. Know. It's. Uh, I think. Uh, I think people are just excited to to see the Justin Fields era officially begin. How different do you think they'll look? Just if he gets a full week of actually practicing with the starters, because guys, he has never had this. Like he's never gotten more than sporadic reps. Like we're talking about like one rep a day sometimes with Allen Robinson. Like this is going to be significantly different for him this week. How different do you think he looks on Sunday if this happens? I, sh- I hope for everybody's sake he looks a lot different than he did in the second half and the and, and that the offense looks different than it did in the second half. Like I, I feel like we're going to learn more about Matt Nagy on Sunday than anything. And what's this offense look like? Well, when Fields came in for that first play in the first quarter, you know, it was a, it was a play action rolled out through, you know, it was a fine throw to Marquise Goodwin. That guy made a nice play for uh, Cincinnati. Probably was pass interference. And then I think there was one other time they got fields moving and that was it the rest of the game. So I have to imagine they're going to really, you know, give him some first read, get him moving, uh, get him running. Uh, You know, like we talked about that passing chart, right? Like every single throw except for the interception was outside the numbers. I need to defend Justin Fields for a second because 
and same way, Johns, you were earlier like saying that Dalton's start to the game was overrated. Like this criticism of Fields, I think, is a little overblown. Okay, um, for one, he did throw a thirty-five yard touchdown dime to Allen Robinson that he dropped. Okay, so that should have been on a stat sheet. He also threw a ball to Cole Komet that I didn't think was pass interference. So that should have been on a stat sheet. He threw another like 22 yard or something in that range to Darnell Mooney that went off his fingertips that needs to be caught. So that didn't go on a stat sheet, right? So there's two incompletions there and another one that would have been added, uh, another completion that would have been added if, if there wasn't a penalty. And like to me, the false starts were somewhat understandable. It goes back to the practicing of not working with that offensive line a whole lot. That completely correctable stuff that I doubt will be an issue in Cleveland, even in the road game. And, you know, sometimes the other team makes great plays and great coverages. Like, obviously, you don't want to see him throw that interception to the linebacker. But Joe Burrow threw an interception right to Roquan Smith, too. You know, and... And that was actually worse because I would give the Bengals credit. That linebacker did a great job of rushing upfield. He took like two or three steps. It wasn't just like him bluffing at the line and dropping back at the snap. He took two or three steps upfield and then dropped back. He made a great play. So for a rookie quarterback who's getting thrown in for the first time, wasn't completely surprised that it happened. I just do not think that his play was as bad as it's getting made out to be right now because I think the most important thing is he did not look overwhelmed to me he looked comfortable despite some of the mistakes and issues and and I unlike Zach Wilson I thought looked like he was seeing ghosts at times and just didn't know what he was looking at out there Justin Fields seemed fine to me you could say the same about Burrell in his second year with new receivers I mean the Roquan Smith interception Roquan Smith read him perfectly like he threw it right to him. Uh, that's actually a great point, bringing up the differences in those interceptions. Then you have the Blackson and you have you know Jalen Johnson's interception. It's just, uh, I mean, these young quarterbacks should be allowed to make mistakes. You know, even Joe Burrow, you know, like Al Golgotree blitzes, ball gets tipped, Angelo Blackson makes an interception. Like that's going to happen sometimes. You know, like sometimes the defense just makes plays, but... They should be allowed to fail a little bit. That's what I'm getting at. You know, like that's that's part of it. And I, I like, like there's a limits to bringing up like missed catches and stuff like that and drops. You know, I was probably guilty of it with Trubisky, right? I eventually it was just what it was, right? You know, he's not raising the the bar for everybody else. But that pass to Al Robinson hit your best receiver in the chest and went through both of his arms in the end zone. That drop that that is. By all accounts, 100% a drop. You can argue about Mooney's thing. Uh, Mooney's thing. Mooney's Mooney's drop hit his hands. Um, he said after the game he was uh, a step behind the throw. But that, maybe that's something that gets worked out if they actually get to practice together more than the occasional one snap. You know, we get that everybody in this town wants the instant gratification. I mean, the excitement level for Fields is at an all-time high. And, and you know, it's it's interesting because. What we're talking about is the exact reason why the Bears want to be patient with him, right? Like this is this is the frustration over the way Fields played, and, and like you know, you like I went back. Kyler Murray, rookie of the year, Arizona went five ten and one. You know, Cam Newton, rookie of the year, Carolina went six and ten. You know, Justin Herbert, I think is a perfect example. Guy was with a lame duck coaching staff 
a below average offensive line. Everybody knew that coaching staff was going to leave. And I, I think Anthony Lynn's a really good coach. Um, and they went seven and nine, bringing a new coaching staff with a defensive head coach. Did anybody worry this offseason about Justin Herbert's development? If it was going to be hampered at all? No. Like this, this stuff happens with rookie quarterbacks. The thing is, I don't know if the head coach and GM are willing to put up with those rookie lumps. I don't think they're as excited about it. But I think people need to realize that this is just what happens with first-year quarterbacks. And like, I don't think Zach Wilson's a bust because he threw four picks. I, I had Justin Fields ranked ahead of him on my mental Adam Hogue quarterback big board. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think everyone's going to need, need to be patient. It's going to be a roller coaster with this guy. And then the idea is that all these things just lead to his development. Then eventually he's going to be, you know, the great quarterback everybody hopes for. You have a mental Adam Hogue big board? Yeah. What does that look yeah. like in your head? Um, it's uh, a list of quarterbacks and a picture of you interviewing Fitz in the top corner. Nice. Nice. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, you Northwestern, know, I, by the way, one and two since Adam Hogue left the sideline. You know, Mark Carmens is not getting the job done. I think this is obvious. And uh, he's 0-2, actually. He didn't even get yeah. the victory last week. So, you know, I, I, I think they have a real problem there, quite frankly, with Mark Carmen. It seems fairly obvious. Just saying. It's either that or the, either that or the quarterback play. Yeah, or, or, or maybe that, too. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I honestly thought the biggest problem with Justin Fields, at least I had rewatching the game, was I thought some of his throws were late. Like, that's the stuff that actually developed mentally that I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm just, you know, that was a question mark. And I, th- I thought, like, the, the one in the end zone where Darnell Mooney was coming open, that was kind of hard to see. Probably sees that better with more experience. He threw it a little late. By the time the ball got there, it was out of bounds. So that's the kind of stuff that I'd like to see improve, but I'm not too concerned about it. I just some of the other stuff I just think is, uh, you know, not that big of a deal. I, I want right, to. By I wanna, the way, that, so, go sorry, ahead. Really quick, that third and goal play. Yeah. Um, it looked like the Bengals had a little bit of a zone going to uh, Fields' backside because at first you thought Montgomery was open, and then you saw a Bengals player there. Isn't that the perfect play to get him moving? Like sure. you watch Baltimore. You know, you watch some of these teams with these mobile quarterbacks. Like that's like that's the area of the field where he's such a weapon. And I get that there was probably some limited to limitations in the plays. And I think they were six. It was a six yard line. So four. maybe they're on the four. Uh, now, he, now here's yeah. where this is where I think that that we learn about Matt Nagy this week because, um, you know that that game was Andy Dalton's game. In terms of like what's on the play sheet, what's available to call. Now, I'm assuming they had a decent sized red zone package for fields that you could have gone to in that moment, but maybe they had used all that. I don't know because we don't know how many plays that was and he ended up playing most of the game. So uh, my point is I'm willing to give him a pass for this week, but I do want to see what it looks like now that, you know, you have a whole week to prepare and get this in for Justin Fields because I'm with you. Like some of that should look different. Make it easier on him. Split the field in half. Get them out moving, those types of things. And I, I think we will see that. Um, and I do think it's important that now Matt Nagy has his hand-picked guy. He's out there. There are really no more excuses. He has enough to work with. He has two good wide receivers. Not great wide receivers, good re- receivers. He has two decent tight ends. He has a really good running back, in my opinion. And one of the underrated things from the game is I actually thought the offensive line played fine. Not great, but fine. Not a major problem like everybody thought going into the season. So... There's really not too many excuses. I do want to bring up one scenario before we get out of here because we do have to leave and go to House Hall. 
What if the Bears are good? I believe Whoa. this is a scenario we haven't explored Whoa. yet. <laughs> yeah. I thought about this this morning, as I sometimes think in the shower. I don't know if you guys get good thinking time done in the shower. But it occurred to me that there's really only two things that have to happen for this team to maybe be good. I'm not saying great, but good. Like, definitely a playoff team again. One is, if the defense is more like the defense we saw against the Bengals, that changes a lot. That changes a lot. And then the other scenario is one that we've actually talked about a lot that I think many people think is real. If Justin Fields is good at quarterback, that changes a lot too. Like, what if he plays like Deshaun Watson did as a rookie before he got hurt? I don't think that that's something that's off the table. So now all of a sudden you have a good defense and a good quarterback and enough weapons on offense. Yes, it's still a hard schedule, but to me, just if those two things are real, and I think it's at least a possibility worth exploring, maybe this team isn't bad. Didn't you guys mock me for my multiverse uh, preseason predictions? No. And look where we are. Look no, don't where care. we are. I never mock you guys. Look where we are. I do think if Justin Fields plays more football than Andy Dalton this year, the Bears are good enough for two more wins. And that would be, what did I have them at? Nine and eight? Is that 17? You had them at two yeah. separate records for the record. I think the first yes, one was 0 and yes. 17. Yes. <laughs> so your second multiverse is, is uh, 2 and 15. Right? That, I do. That's what you had. But, but that goes to your point, though. If Justin, like, I, I he's, 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 he's better. No, it was, it was, I had them at 7 and 10 with Andy Dalton playing more games. If Justin Fields plays more games this year, I think he's good enough to get you two more wins. I don't know why that's so hard to understand, but now we'll I would get to take see. a lot of, I would take some pleasure in watching fans twist themselves into pretzels on how to manage a good Bears team, which means the people in charge of this Bears team are going to be here for a while. And that would be very... See, you had uh, to go there. You had to go there. I mean, (laughs) isn't that the great irony, though? Like, they love Justin (laughs) Fields, but hate the two people that are responsible for bringing in Justin Fields. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the Chicago Bears fan that, like, summed up. And Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack. I mean, they could go... Yes, there's plenty of examples of Robert Quinn that... Not good, but like it's not a disaster. I've seen disasters in the NFL. Guys that just totally did not deserve to be employed in the positions they're in. That's not the situation the Bears are in, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, Just real quick, plausible or not what I just said? Well, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's possible. We're, we're, we're on to multiverse B, in my opinion, now with Justin Fields taking over. Like, this this was always part of the conversation, was it not? Like, now, my guess is the defense isn't that good. That was kind of insane. I mean, four takeaways in, like, five minutes or whatever it was was, was ridiculous. But um, they weren't as bad as they were going to be in week one. Right. But at the same time, you got to look at the opponents, too. I mean, I think the Rams are a lot better team than the Bengals. So... You know, and I the actually Browns, think, and, the, and the Browns are worse somewhere between the Rams and the Bengals. Yeah, and right? that's why I think this week against the Browns might be a good barometer for what's really maybe going to play out 
this season. And I don't necessarily think the Bears are going to win, but, you know, if they play a good competitive game against a good football team and Justin Fields looks okay and the defense looks good, I mean, I, I think you can come out of this week one and two and still feel okay about what's going on. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you'd feel I think you'd feel better about that with Justin Fields playing well, certainly, than than you would the alternative. But I I'm I had when the season started, I thought about how the Bears want to. Essentially, the Bears were thinking with Andy Dalton, we can go ten and seven, right? That that had to be part of the thought process. We can go ten and seven, go to the playoffs, with Andy Dalton. I just didn't think the roster was good enough, and I'm not sure if the roster is good enough as a whole for Justin Fields. Because I, I do think he is, we, we know he has the potential to elevate this team and put together some, you know, Deshaun Watson-esque and some of the, you know, what Justin Herbert did last year. But again, Chargers went 7-9 and nine last year. So it's it's going to be, it, it could be rocky, but yeah, look, if Fields, who, if Fields is who they think he is, then yeah, he can he can get them to 9-10 to wins. All right, well, just wanted to bring it up as a possibility. Overreaction Tuesday, week two. Why not? Certainly probably overreacted in week one a little bit. That tends to happen. All right, well, we're out of here. We got to get to House Hall. Go talk to some players on this Tuesday. And um, we'll be back on Thursday to preview that game against the Cleveland Browns and maybe have an update on the quarterback situation, which I think we all know what's going on this week. That's okay. Uh, But... Should be fun. I think this is a good game. I think it's a sneaky good game on the NFL calendar this week and uh, should be a good barometer for the Bears and what they might actually be. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at K Fishbane. He's the fish man, Kevin Fishbane. You can read him and John's on the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me at NBC Sports Check out the YouTube. Check out obvious shirts. Get the merchandise. We appreciate you guys. We will talk to you on Thursday. See ya. Yeah.